pleasure that we are able to introduce to you this morning, Patrick Mao. A very good morning to you. Thanks for joining us in the studios here at Morning Focus. Oh, good morning. My pleasure to say Kapu Batanga. Thank you for having me here this morning. Look, um, we've, we've got a whole lot of things to start to talk about. <laughs> so <laughs> let's, let's, let's get started with the, with the first one. On the uh, information I picked up, it says... Uh, you're revered by the Australian government for championing indigenous culture in modern day times. How did you get so involved with the government? Uh, I guess um, that was a great question. I never really thought about it. Uh, being up in the Torres Straits, I guess you know, uh, sharing our culture was it was um, not so much about you know wanting to be involved with the government. Uh, you know, them recognizing it, just that we were sharing how uh, our culture and our um, you know art is, and they're, they're based on the Torres Strait. So allowing that uh, um, the relationship to form, I guess, and them seeing what we do, uh, that's how it happened. And mm -hmm. then understanding that there is an importance and an obligation that we 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 are to not only be custodians and you know. Uh, you know, protect and sustain our culture but share it so there's a better understanding and context and if you go to remote communities I think the uh, and in particular Torres Straits I can only speak from there but I, I guess it's everywhere that understanding is always the first barrier with communication uh, and if we're not having an understanding and respect for each other based on not understanding how the cultural your environment is, uh, it makes everything difficult to accept and so that's how we move into that space There's um one great thing that I, um, uh, somebody uh, shared with me uh, many years ago that came out of the Torres Strait that says if you want to take something, you have to replace it with something. Mm -hmm. So it's okay to take that, but you've got to put something back. And uh, that's uh, an ethos that uh, I, I, I think still has a lot of relevance today. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, it's interesting you put it that way, uh, taking more, more like... Well, it's, it is the cycle, you know, when you take an experience or, you know, your experience in learning about a culture, it's giving back that same respect. And it's the cycle. I, I always see the, the opposite cycle, which is the same flow, is giving to gain. So, you know, you're giving a, a, an experience and you're sharing. Therefore, that creates that, that cycle. Let's talk about your music. How, how did you get involved in um, hip-hop as such? What, what was your first exposure to, to this music? Great question. So my first um, exposure to hip-hop was when I was very young. Yeah. Uh, I was around about six, seven years old, and this, this art form came throughout the community. We didn't know what it was. I was hanging around an older group of um, brothers at that time, yeah. and they were doing these dances and these sounds that they were coming out in there uh you know making out of their mouth and you know they were doing artwork and i came later um as i got older to learn that culture was hip-hop and it swept through the torres straits uh it swept through all queensland and australia yeah. it was this youth energy that you know um connected everybody uh, what was so beautiful about it was it was so accepting it didn't matter if you're male female it didn't matter where you came from if you could contribute in any way and you'd be a part of it so i got really um hooked at a young age and then started to grow up listening to that you know we had prominent uh, the prominent music source was reggae up in the island and then this hard bass driven drum driven music with these freaky dance moves came along it was called hip-hop and then from that that age the relationship was formed and I was always a part of the culture 
rap music, when it first came out, mm-hmm. was, was quite angry in the lyric, a lot of it. Um, your, your lyrics take a, 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 different, a different track. I guess it's different um, eras. So I'm considered what, uh, what you would call a hip-hop scholar. Uh, I'm a part of uh, the foundations of hip-hop, which was um, the, the founding forefathers created this, uh, this not organization, but this group collectively around the world called the Universal Zulu Nation. Uh, and this was created by a few of the pioneers of the culture. Mm. So to understand the context where hip-hop came from, Hip-hop started out in the Bronx in New York City uh, mm-hmm. back in the 70s. It mm-hmm. was the turn of 60s to the early 70s. Mm-hmm. This was post the Black Panther movement. Mm-hmm. And there was, um, you know, the, the advocates of that generation trying to establish uh, a, a form or, or movement or an organization to empower minorities that were uh, exposed to the epidemics of like crack, epidemics of all the um, low socioeconomic impacts they had in the community. When that got dismantled through all the forces that was against it, a culture was born out of what called hip-hop. The youth generation took the same form, put it into creative arts, and then they did their expression through um, not violence, but non-violence. And that's why we, we work with the ethos, peace, love, and respect. Uh, and that's how that culture was born. So when you look at the early, early days of um, hip-hop, the actual... Um, uh, content of the music was very empowering. Uh, it was uh, very knowledgeable. It was uh, talking about all the social impacts and issues that minorities were facing, and it was a way of them, way of that the the, the pioneers at that time taking ownership over their environment and creating a positive outlook. And it was all in hope. So there was no money in the industry before. There was no. Um, uh, foundation or business in the industry, it was young people really needing a voice. Hip-hop gave them the voice, and that has been the stem of why it survived so long. The reason why it was uh, uh, it's so relatable and it, it could um, adapt anywhere around the world is because the core philosophies of hip-hop is based on five basic elements. The movement, which is dance, the language, which is rap, the music, which is um, music, uh, the the aspect of storytelling, well, that's rap, and the uh, artwork, which is um, graffiti, aerosol work, and they're there to document what uh, is the binding element that keeps all these uh, these el- this culture together is to pass knowledge. You put that in a context of an indigenous culture. Our movement is traditional dance. Our story, our rapping is traditional storytelling. Our graffiti is our traditional art. Uh, our music is our traditional song composers. And it's all there to pass knowledge on. It's documented knowledge of that time to pass it on to empower the next generation. This is how it's so adaptable and fuses around the world. Look, um, uh, on, um, on, on, on another um, um, aspect to all of this, there's, there's a, I've, I've heard just recently uh, uh, like a new genre of uh, music coming through, and uh, uh, that is uh, country rap. And I heard an, uh, <laughs> a, a, a new song in the gym just yesterday, and I said, hey, this is, uh, this is really different. Billy's, Billy Ray Cyrus and Little Nas. Yeah, yeah and, and, and another one. That's, the, the, this, uh, <laughs> I know the song. I know the song well. <laughs> yeah, you know the song? Yeah. yeah. So w- w- what's your thoughts on this? Just an evolution? Evolution in music has always been around. Yeah. You know, traditional music into contemporary music, uh, country moving into country rap, you know, blues, bebop, I mean, blues moving into rock and roll, into heavy metal. It's always the adaptation of uh, an emotion, I guess. That's, that's how I see it. And seeing the collaboration of country rap 
I, I've seen it done before with Ice T. I've seen it done before with Nelly. Uh, if you look at um, how everything came out of those southern um, uh, places in uh, in uh, the U.S., but music is an art form that's supposed to um, grow and adapt and collaborate. This is like any art. Uh, so. I think this is my personal views on everything. I see music as what it is, music, a language of emotions. Whereas to, for people to understand where it fits in their life, we put categories on that. So we say it's rap, but under the subcontext of rap, we have uh, trap music, we have Hebeza Driven, we have New York, we have West Coast, we have indigenous rap, but it's all music. Yeah. And that's how I see it. So I think it's a great thing that this this new, um, the, these type of collaborations is moving towards the few, um are coming out now because that's what uh, keeps the, the, the art form and the culture alive and I think moving into the new future of what music can be. Yeah, well, it, um, it is music. No need to label it at no the end of the day because it. you can't keep it in that category because it's going to bust out by itself. It, that's it. Yeah, that's it. yeah. Look, um, w one of the things that uh, that you do and um, uh, why I said this a little bit earlier on, if you take something, you, you need to replace it with something, uh, and and you're doing that in, in the sense of you're putting back into the community. Yes. So tell us about your community work. Uh, my community work, so... It started out when um, I was starting out becoming a, um, a, a musician, an artist. There was really very minimal support and understanding from the Torres Strait region about creative arts as a business and, and, and its industry. Yeah. We were all in the infancy stage. I mean, there was visual arts out there, performing arts, but music in general, there, there wasn't really that much of a pathway and avenue. Fortunately for me, um, I was exposed to the industry through my grandfather, uh, and people would know him as the name Seaman Dan. He was, uh, he is a jazz blues musician from the Torres Straits, and people like him and um, the Mill Sisters, uh, King Kadu, were the first pioneers who were actually out doing stuff nationally and internationally. And then we saw pathways. I got to travel out of the islands, and then I could see that there was opportunity around there. Of course, I was really passionate about music, so whether it would be a career or not was, was irrelevant. It was just I loved doing music. So at that time, knowing that there was a, a very um, big challenge or struggle just to get out of the community, I thought, well, when I come back, I want to bring knowledge and reinvest it back into the community, run workshops in music, uh, workshops in film, uh, create um, uh, relationships where we can then bring knowledge of like small business, soul trading up in the Torres Straits. Uh, right now, I'm heavy and focused on supporting the development of small business with all of my partners that I have currently through my other businesses that I have and really starting to grow our own back in the community. Uh, it was a, a, an unconscious thing, so it wasn't thought out. It was just like, oh, people want to do music um, uh, workshops because it engages with the youth. And that's all I saw it as. But then after over a number of years, I saw the pathways of other musicians and beat makers that were coming out of these workshops. It's like we're creating an industry. You know, it's like I come from um, my background really is a uh, fisherman. I started out in business. I didn't know with my father at 11 years old. And he taught me how to be a cray fisherman, and it was a business model. It was just an uh, older person with the knowledge, teaching you how to dive and teaching you how to process seafood, and you were creating an economy. I then mirrored that model and put it into the music once I realized what was happening, and that's how I built the foundation of my, my works uh, um, that I carry today, contributing back. In the future, what, 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 what can we expect from Patrick? 
more music, more films, yeah. um, more uh, um, driving your community works in business, uh, more of uh, creating opportunities. Uh, I always go back, even though I've now moved and created an establishment here in Cairns and down in Brisbane and also over international, we still work back up in the Torres Straits. Yeah. Um, it's very important to keep the roots. Yeah. Overseas tours on the on the card? 2020, we're looking at a lot of overseas tours. We've yeah. done a few international yeah. uh, tours over the years, but on Friday the 12th, uh, we dropped our album, the new album. So I dropped my album, yeah. Blue Lotus, The Awakening. Yeah. And now we're in the motion of promoting that nationally, internationally, yeah. with tours to follow yeah. at the end of the year. Wow. Thanks for coming in. Thank you, you do your culture proud. Thank you very much. We, we would love to talk to you again uh, another day. And, uh, I'd love to. Um, and, uh, yeah, continue this conversation. Let's just say the, the conversation hasn't finished yet. It hasn't. And I just got to say, I'm sitting here looking at this poster of um, Black Star. That name just rocks, man. Like, coming from a hip-hop artist, I'm rocking that hat right now. <laughs> black Star is like, this is, this is a place where black stars um, are born, I guess. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Exactly. We're going yeah. to say that. This is where it is. Exactly. Exactly. And you can take that with you. I will. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Patrick. Thank you.